talk to you tonight, and this is kind of scrambled eggs a little bit, but I want to talk to you tonight about the home. That's a huge subject, right? The home. This morning I talked about how to get along with people. Tonight I talk about the home. The institution of marriage is the first institution in the Bible. Uh, he made Adam, he made Eve, and he put them together and they were one flesh. I think God, by his example, teaches a whole lot more than even what he says. When they were trying to argue with Jesus about marriage and divorce in the New Testament, where Jesus went on that thing, he didn't go to Deuteronomy chapter 24 where they wanted him to go. Where, where really, in the law of Moses, you could just get rid of a, you could about get rid of a woman for, you didn't like her. But he said that was made because you were hard-hearted. But he said originally it was not so. When he went back to the original couple, and he said, now God showed you by example that he made man a woman. And he said, what well, God had joined together, let no man put asunder. I don't care what Supreme Court says. There is no marriage between a man and a man. There is no marriage between a woman and a woman. It's an abomination to God. It's a hideous, twisted sister. And, and they can't reproduce, which ought to tell you something that they'll die out. You put all the homosexuals on an island, and in 100 years, there'll be nobody left. Uh, but you, you take us, Christians put us on an island, we will outpopulate it, and they'll, they'll throw us off the island. In fact, especially if you're a missionary. Minimum children for missionary, 10. People always tell me the same answer. Well, that's because they don't have anything else to do. Now stop it. Now stop it. That is such a stupid answer. I mean, come on. They don't have anything else to do. They got all kinds of other things to do, but they just decided the only thing they would have left after the whole thing was shaken out was their family. And they decided to have children. Uh, I, I, I believe that I, you know, there's all kinds of articles. I have one here, Leading Index of Cultural Indicators by William Bennett and Heritage Foundation. While these people did so much work, so many statistical work, I could spend another half hour reading these statistics to you. What they basically tell me is the home is being destroyed. Uh, everything's tripling, quadrupling in the wrong direction. Less people getting married. In fact, in England, there was an article, I believe, is marriage even necessary anymore? They're talking about doing away with the institution of marriage. Why would you get married? Just live together. You don't like that one, switch to another one. <clears throat> and it's happening in America. I'm not saying we're doomed in America to follow England. I hope not. Uh, you, we don't want to follow England. 94% of all England does not go to any church of any kind. Uh, the Muslims have moved in and are, and are recruiting among a heathen population. 
uh, and, and it's happening all over Europe. Well, Tom Gillespie has a video he showed us in bus meeting. Probably I'll show that here after service sometime if you still got it. That literally just by populating, they will take Europe over by 2050. Muslims will own Europe without a shot being fired, without a war being declared. They will own Europe. We're talking about Italy. We're talking, yeah, oh yeah, we're talking about Italy. We're talking about Germany. We're talking about Italy. We're talking about Europe because they simply have decided they're just going to move in and start having a bunch of babies because the Europeans sure aren't doing it. They're having about 1.2, 1.3. They're not even replacing their home. With their two people aren't replacing themselves. Uh, it's become economically inconvenient to have children. Children have become now a bad thing, not a good thing. In fact, when young married couples tell me, once they, once they have three kids, people will begin to come up to them wherever they go and say, now you're not going to have any more kids, right? Now, why would you do that? Well, because how will you support them? That's always the deal. Well, when I went to Haiti four times, I met a guy by the name of Serge Fayette down there. And Serge told me under an environment, Haiti has no social back. They got nothing. They got no social security. They got no nothing. And, and the man had seven children and adopted seven children, Tom. Adopted seven. Now, he was poor in a church mouse. He had no social back. He had no social, no government, no nothing to help him. And guess what? Now he's old. He raised all the kids. All the seven orphans, all the seven children, they all ate, they're all alive, they all re they're all married. And then, so I just somehow believe there's a God, even though I didn't practice what I'm preaching here. I bought into it, but it was too late when I decided it wasn't right. I hope it's not too late for you. But the family's in trouble. The home's in trouble. Um, we, we just, we just, I can't tell you enough. That if you're married with children, heterosexually, everything in this old world's against you. I mean, the devil's against you, the flesh against you, this society's against you, Hillary's against you. And you need to be dedicated to Christ. You need to give God everything. You don't hold back anything because if you're going to survive this whole thing. You're going to need God. The devil's building up some momentum. He's kind of getting cocky that he's maybe getting the edge on this whole thing. We do, when you, when you have a baby, we do what we call uh, baby parental dedication. We do not do baby dedications because that baby doesn't know squat. And why would I dedicate the baby? I dedicate the parents to the baby. Amen? Here's the thing I've just found, by the way. This is like, this is like treasure. This is a parental covenant. And it says, whereas children are heritage of the Lord and are created for his purposes, and whereas God has entrusted them to us in order to train up in his ways for the purposes which he has created them, and whereas God hath given us biblical testimony of Abraham fully surrendering his son Isaac to the Lord, also gives us instruction to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God, whereas success in life is not determined by temporal riches, public prestige, or personal happiness, but by delighting in the Lord and achieving his goals, and whereas God gives true riches, honor, and life to those who humble themselves through faithfulness in serving God and others, and by patience through sacrifices, sufferings, and disappointments. Therefore, we as parents on this such and such date do fully and unreservedly dedicate our sons and daughters to the Lord and the purposes which he has 
had for their lives. I like that little piece of paper right there. It wouldn't hurt for you to maybe do something like this. Is a, this is a parent dedication of children, just another version. We have one. I think we have a very nice one that we already do where, where they take some serious sections and, you know, make it, make it something in the forefront of their mind. I have seen, in the last thing you have seen, at Gospel Baptist Church here, uh, marriages hurt, loyalties betrayed, fidelities broken, among people that are going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, among leadership here. And so it is, it is if it's possible for people who are coming to church and reading their Bible and, and making an effort to expose themselves to the preaching of God's word, if it's possible for them to somehow forget those things which they're listening to and to grow cold and to backslide to the place where they become unfaithful to their mate, uh, I think it's possible for you. What do you think? I think the Bible says if you think you stand, you ought to beware lest you fall. I never think I stand. I never think I stand. I don't stand up here and say, I'm going to make it to the end. You will not hear me say that. You will not hear me get up here and say, Brother, I'm going to make it. I'm not going to say that, Doc. I'm not going to say it because I'm going to tell you what, as soon as I say that, the devil, the demon will pass it on down the line, get up to the upper gun and say, Let's target that old boy. He thinks he's going to stand. And God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. So God's on our side. He's going to resist him because he's cocky, and we're going to take him down. Brother, we do not stand in, our, in, our, in, our, uh, in the power of our flesh. We don't stand by our will. We don't stand by our heritage. We stand only, not by might, nor by power, but by thy spirit, saith the Lord. If we humbly, realizing that we're weak, possibly vulnerable, and we go to God and we say, God, every day, every morning, let my words be thy words. Let my thoughts be thy thoughts. Let my decisions be thy decisions today. And humbly you walk with God. And you can't walk with God any day but today. I would like to tell you that you can make a commitment out there in the future, but it don't mean much because you only are living today, right? This is kind of some common sense, right? But the family is in trouble. So reading all this material and stuff, and I, uh, I've come to some conclusions. Number one, they're, they, what they say the family is in trouble most on, and all these different things I've read, is the lack of male leadership. Oh, you thought I was going to say the women, didn't you? You thought I was going to say it's a woman problem. I wish I could. I'd love to tell you it was a woman problem. It's not. It's a male problem. Among the blacks, males have just deserted their women. Um, I mean, there's good, there's good black men that love Jesus. I'm not saying that, but we're talking percentages, big percentage of black boys. When children are raised without their, this, you can read anything you get on the internet, read what, it's all over. When, when children are raised without their father, they have a much greater percentage of failing. This is statistics. It's not emotions. Men, you're needed. I know maybe you're not wanted, but you're needed. All women rise up in their arrogance and say, I can do it without him. Well, you may be able to do it, but it ain't going to be the best the kid needs. It's not going to be what the kid really needs. You may be able to do it. 
I mean, survive without a man. But brother, God's made a male and female. And the combination that God sets up has got to be, by common sense, the best biblical combination. But we're in serious trouble in America. If the trend continues in America, it'll be very similar to what we have over there in England. We almost don't have marriage. People don't go to church anymore. They don't feel God's necessary. Over 800 churches a year close in England, and the Muslims are buying them up fast as they can, starting mosques everywhere. And basically, that's what, what God is saying. If you don't want me, I'm going to give you into the hands of some people who hate you. Hello? Well, it's, it's a time to, as men, it's a time to step up to the plate and be the man. I don't have time for devotions. You don't have time not to do it. I don't have time to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You don't have time not to go Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I don't have time to read the Bible. You don't have time. You, you don't have the privilege of not reading the Bible. Uh, you, you understand your enemies as a roaring lion that walketh about seeking who he may devour. You understand. Have you ever seen a cat set their eyes on their prey? Oh, that's a horrible thing. There's something intense about a cat setting their eyes on the prey. And as they sneak their way up to that prey, those eyes do not move off of that prey. They may go over logs, they may go over stuff, but those eyes never move off that prey. You don't want the devil to set his eyes on you. And don't give him reason to set his eyes on you. Submit yourself to God, James 4, 7. Resist the devil, and what will he do? He'll take his eyes off of you. He'll flee from you. He'll, he'll, he'll go to some other easier prey. He'll move over to somebody else. He'll move over to something else. But he's out here roaming around through this church seeking who the next victim will be, seeking who he can devour. He's looking at that Bible board and seeing which one, like I do when I pray over it, seeing which one are being negligent, lazy, inconsistent, not caring, not realizing that the reading of the Bible with the Word of God and the Spirit of God is their power. Not realizing it. The subjects covered on these surveys were crime and poverty, immorality, abuse, divorce, education, drugs, and media. Uh, in every one of them, it talked about how things are getting worse. Crime's up. Poverty's up. Immorality's up. Abuse is up. Divorce is up. Education's down. Drugs are up. Media's up. Man, oh man, it gave the hours of people watching TV and people watching DVDs and people, you know, you know, uh, uh, what, what's wild about this, brother, you, 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 know, you know, you and I, when we raised our kids, we didn't have an SUV with a drop-down screen that you can put a little movie on and have them shut up. You know what my mom did to keep us in line when we went on, hey, we went on three-day driving we went on a two-week driving trip in a 1959 Impala. That was one of them little sharp wings they had on them things. I remember the color was beige. No air condition, six-cylinder, straight six, with three on the tree. And we went for two weeks with three boys in the back seat, mom and dad in the front. I never got whipped so many times in my whole life. I mean, it was making memories in the maximum. I don't know who had that genius of an idea. My brother Louie, I mean, it got so bad, but we went down, we got to Florida, and my dad was really big on Florida, loved Florida. 
we got down here, and he said, oh, smell those orange blossoms. We stopped alongside the road. Smell those orange blossoms. My brother Louis said, I don't smell them. My mother said, uh, yeah, smell them orange blossoms. Beautiful. I don't smell them. And she said, well, you come with me. She took him over to the tree. And she took his face and went, like, did you smell them now? If he didn't smell them, he was getting ready to eat them. That was the fun we were having. We were having a lot of fun, brother. A lot of fun. You can ask Louie about that. He still don't like orange blossoms too much. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. We didn't have DVDs and all that stuff that you can watch them, iPads and I, all that music stuff. We sang hymns of the faith. He had a songbook from the church, and we'd go over those songs, and we'd sing them. It sounded terrible, but we, we just sang them together. And I remember, it took a miracle to put the stars in space. It took a miracle to put the earth in place. But when he saved my soul, cleansed and made me whole, it took a miracle of love and grace. I know. Those songs got in my head. We sang Amazing Grace. We sang How Great Thou Art. We sang At Calvary. We sang uh, 50, 60 of the major songs, and, and that was, we did that or we were going to get whipped, one or the other. I said, I'll sing, I'll sing hymns. One of the reasons these surveys said for unhappy and fractured homes in America, change in lifestyle styles from rural to urban. There's no doubt statistically that a rural lifestyle is a better lifestyle that a farm lifestyle is a better lifestyle. Having some land and letting your kids run around is a better way to go. Problem is, everybody's running to the cities. Uh, I've been motorcycling throughout America, and brother, and I can tell you, anybody that's motorcycling throughout America can tell you, small-town America is dying. There are perfectly good homes that are vacant. It looks like a ghost town. We literally have gone through ghost towns where there's been structures and everything's in good shape, but there's no people. And I said, well, grandma and grandpa built this thing and did this, and, and the kid wanted to go into the city and be the high life, wanted to go to college, and, be, and, 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 and now nobody's here in the country. And they're fleeing to the cities. Guess what the cities are? Cesspools. The average city is a cesspool of wickedness and idolatry and homosexuality and immorality and, and extremity. And it's, it's, it's a place of playing and a place of pleasure and a place of a what's for me and, and the lack of hard work, the lack of getting your hands dirty increases homosexuality because of the, the, the effeminizing of men, the demasculinizing of the male. Uh, kids are around their mama too much. No offense to you women, but... It's hard for you not to duplicate yourself. Uh, a boy needs his dad so he can duplicate himself to his dad. My dad taught me what it was to be a male. He taught me what it was to be a man. And my mother let, let me go, let, my, let hands off me, and I was, I was his. I mixed mud so he could say, mud boy, mud boy. And you'd cry and he'd say, oh, shut up, wipe your tears off and bring me that mud. What was he doing? He was hardening me up for you people. And brother, I needed every bit I could get to survive you folks. If I thought he was mean, 
But I mean, people are mean. People are mean to you. I mean, people come up to you and say, someday you may preach. I don't know. I had somebody call me. It was a member of this church. They said, you are the devil himself. I said, man, I can't, that's, a, that's pretty big. That's a pretty big compliment. I mean, the devil? I mean, the devil? I'm not a demon? No, you're the devil himself. Wow, that's really appreciative. Unit, obviously, to say they're not here tonight. Uh, unisex, lack of male leadership is one of the problems. That's one. Now, that's on survey. This is secular stuff. Some of it sacred. Some of it sec. But they're saying the the effeminate, feminizing of the male, the masculinizing of the female, reverse roles. Is some of the serious problems destroying a family. Divorce, of course, my oh my. Divorce, real remarriage, single parent homes. Man, you can't you can't say enough bad about those. Um, lack of concern for the Bible. Lack of concern for going to church. Lack of concern. They want to go to church one hour a week. Get down the road here, they got service on, on Saturday night. It's their biggest service out of three services. Why is that? Now you tell me why it is. Tell me why Saturday night service is their biggest service. Because they want to go play on Sunday. You know it. You know it. They want to go to the beach. They want to go skiing. If I say a little bit more, Chris will bail out and go down to go down to Living Waters. Hey, Chris, all day Sunday to yourself, brother. Think about it. <laughs> That's the appeal. Brother, Sunday is God's day. It's not fun day. It's the Lord's day. It's, a, it's, it's one day we give Him. I don't mind you. Heck, you can have as many services, whatever you want to do. I, now, I'm not telling you I don't chafe. I'm not telling you that sometimes I, I don't chafe. And sometimes it. But, brother, just because I chafe doesn't mean it's, it's, it's wrong to do. It's good to do. In fact, really, sometimes when you chafe, it's the best thing. You that exercise know that. No pain, no gain. That's right. Same thing spiritual life. Bible says children are of the Lord. Lo, children are heritage of the Lord. Psalm 127, the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so children are to the youth. Uh, verse 5, happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them, and they shall not be ashamed. They shall speak with the enemies in the gate. That's why Chris is running around with a smile on his face, because he's got one coming. Psalm 128. The wife shall be as a fruitful vine in the size of thine house, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. Uh, in Genesis chapter 48, verse 3 through 4, Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me in love in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And said unto me, I will make thee a fruitful and multiply thee, and I will bless thee and multiply a multitude of people. And will give this land to thy seed and after thee as an everlasting possession. God himself says one way he really blesses us is with children. Is with, now, now, I'm against it. The Bible's against it. And you're against the guy who has and doesn't support his family. Right? The Bible says if you don't support your family, you're worse than an infidel. You know you're against somebody that has a big old family that can't feed them. Or has, has uh, and I'm against it, you're against it, the Bible's against it. 
But brother, if you do it in God's way and in God's will, I just believe that God's big enough to support you, to help you, to give you a skill. Do you think God can give you an idea and make you a billionaire tonight? I'll guarantee you. He can give you one idea and make you a billionaire overnight. He's not, he don't have any problem with blessing you financially, brother. Um, in fact, a missionary, Dr. Dreisbach, Bob Jones University, did the first hip replacement in the United States of America. Here the guy spent 20 years over in the bush of Africa reaching the Muslims, a talented surgeon, and ended up coming back to America doing the first hip replacement. I think that's God. I think there is a God. I think that's where it all comes down to. There's a God. He can help you. It goes back to old Serge Fayette, Ludovic Louis, and the rest of them old boys in Haiti. Children are your responsibility. First Timothy 5.8, but if, if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So as a parent, you need to do three things. Work, work, work. Uh-huh. But a lot of times we limit this only to financial area, but this needs to go in other areas. Not providing for your house. We almost always interpret that just in finances. But I think it's way bigger than that. Many of the men in the average family only feel, feel responsible for their children in a financial way. But the truth is that as, a, as the leader and as the man of the house and as the father, you're responsible in every way. Your responsibility goes out in every direction. By the way, according to Admiral... Uh, guy that, that was the head of the Trident submarine project, uh, Rickover, Admiral Rickover. Responsibility, I like what he said, can only be shared, not transferred. You with me back? God's given you the responsibility for your house. You can share it. You can share it with other people. They can help you. But when it all comes down to it, it's still your main responsibility as a, as a dad. Children should be raised by you and your wife. That combination, Genesis 18, 19, for I know him, speaking of Abraham, by the way, that he will command his children and his household after him. And he shall keep the way of the Lord and do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Let me, let me shake that all down that he'll lead the house. He'll lead the house. You know what makes breaks my heart? It breaks my heart to see a woman lead the house. She's not equipped for it. She doesn't have the gifts for it. She doesn't have the, the wherewithal that, that a man has. I'm not saying it cannot be done, but it's not as good as if the man would do it. But what men will do oftentimes is they, they're, they're, just, they're just shirkers of responsibility, and they'll just say, oh, you make the decisions, oh, you just, well, brother, one way or another, you're going to be held responsible for God. And how refreshing it would be to your wife if you took a hold of the reins and said, we're going to have devotions. We're going to go do the things of God. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna read the Bible together this year. Wow, what a good thing. That'd make any wife happy. I hope your women say something. That was weak, though, wasn't it? I thought that was weak. Well, we ought to have women getting up with their hankies. Wait a minute. Hey, we... Lord, have women say, <laughs> no 
offense meant. Children's education, children's spiritual leadership, it's all responsibility of the dad ultimately. The family will do it. Thou shalt teach in Deuteronomy 6 6, and these words that I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Thou shalt bind them as a sign upon thine hand, and thou shalt have them in the frontlets between thine eyes. Thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy doors and on thy gates. Children need real, physical fathers. But not just a, a body. Not just some boy that can go lift weights and be strong, but spiritually weak. Proverbs 17, 6 says, Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. I can't tell you enough how I appreciate that I had a dad that loved God. I can't tell you, my dad was a soul winner. He took me soul winning with him so many times. And my dad, you know, was the one that led, took us three boys to church. My mom wouldn't go. Thank God for men that say, I'm going to do the right thing. Even if the woman, even if your wife says, I ain't going to do it, say, well, then stay home. We're going to do the right thing. Children need the security of a dad that loves God. Wow, what a beautiful thing. The peace and discipline of a godly home. I won't make this longer than it ought to be, but you can go through the Bible and see where Eli failed because he didn't discipline his children right. We've talked a lot about discipline, and Christians talk a lot about discipline. Uh, you can't be a Bible believer and be against corporal punishment. You just can't. I'll just say it the way it is. Don't try to psychologic it, if that's a word. Don't try to throw psychology on it and say, well, today kids are different. They're not different. Your kid's just like every other kid has been birthed for 6,000 years. He is a wild-hearted rebel with a black heart and, a, and, a, and an intent on doing evil, and you have to help him see that crime doesn't pay. Your job is to show your kid crime don't pay. Pain is your tool. And you use it. You can read the Bible just like, yeah, chasing thy son when there's hope, let them not soul spare for his crying. We've had a school here for 30 years. For the first 20 years, we had the parents come in and spank the children in front of the teacher. What we were hoping to accomplish was an attachment between the authority of the parent and authority of the teacher so that the, when the teacher spoke, it was the same as the parents speaking, and the kid would obey and consequently have peace and get along in school. But, I mean, you wouldn't believe the stories of parents coming to spank their children and how it was patty cake, patty cake, baker's man. And how that kid would run around the circle and run around the circle and, and get away from the mother and all that. You could tell that they weren't very well practiced. I'd have the teachers come in discouraged and say, man, those parents just have no idea how to spank their children. They have no idea. They think it's abuse. They've been brainwashed to believe somehow it's abuse. 
What's abuse in the Bible is when you don't spank them. It says you hate them. That's what the Bible says. The Bible said, Proverbs 23, the brunness of a wound comes away evil. The what? Blueness of a wound. When my dad whipped me, it took three days to get over it. I mean, I had marks on me for at least three days. And by the way, under the law of Florida, that's okay. As long as you can, if you bruise them, it's fine as long as it goes away within three days. Now, that's man saying that, but the truth of the matter is, come on. To get through that thick skull sometimes, you've got to get serious. Proverbs 22, 15, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, and the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Who's right, the Bible or you? Well, you know the way it goes. Parents will stand up to this and say, I know more than the book. I, I know more than God. I, I, I have a more informed, I have a more enlightenment than the Bible. They're the ones who bring the kids here that spit in my face. Pray for me. Pray for me. But now we gave the job to Brother Moon, so pray for Brother Moon. You know, I'm simple. I just believe God knows how to raise children more than I do. I haven't been around very long. God's been around forever. and He made us, created us. You figure like maybe he knows how to raise children more than you do. Oh, I never had to spank my children. I bet if I'd have raised them, I'd have spanked them. I'll guarantee if I'd have raised them, I'd have spanked them. I'd have found something to spank them for that you did not find. My wife was never spanked. I was the first one to spank her. First married, she smarted off to me. Well, I was taught if you smart off to me, I just slugged you. So when she smarted off to me, I said, now you're not going to do that. You're not going to disrespect me. And I took her over me and gave her a good old-fashioned spanking. Now some of you women are sitting there saying, I'd never be married to him. No, I wouldn't be married to you either. You say, you spanked your wife. Well, I, I did, and we've never had to do it since. The Bible says to the women, reverence your husband. Now, this is all Bible. This isn't Bill Lytell getting up here on a rant. This is all in the book. You understand why people don't like the book? You understand why feminism almost has a hissy fit and their veins go like this when they think of Christians? Those feminists, they know the Bible better than some of us. And they know, God forbid them old Neanderthals get control again. The home. It's God's way of reproducing people who you want to be neighbors with. Ooh. The home is the place, if it's done right, where you will reproduce a human being and raise a human being that will be a good neighbor. Love thy neighbors thyself is the what commandment? Second greatest commandment. And so you reproduce somebody that has respect for other people, that has respect for God, fear of God, beginning of wisdom, that wants to do justice and judgment, that wants to do the right thing, and man, what a blessing that person becomes to the world. 
What they care about others more than themselves. They want to do bus routes door to door. They want to pass tracks out. They want to go to church. They want to give of their of a tithe and more to the missionaries, and they want to help people go on the mission field. They're just giving and giving and blessing and blessing and encouraging and encouraging. Whoa! It don't get better now. It's good. It's God's way. Don't you throw off. I know a lot of you parents are under the gun. A lot of you parents, boy, oh boy, you're under the gun. You know, you say, well, those Christians, every every media, movies, TV, they're putting homosexuals in every one of them. They're stuff, they are cramming homosexuality down our throat. Am I true or not? Disney just made a cartoon for children where they got two boys kissing and two girls kissing. It's the first time it's happened. If I was you, I'd really limit your Disney trips. I mean, they're making a movie. Uh, I, Beauty and the Beast, is, is it called? Something like that. And, and uh, that describes a lot of marriages, by the way. But <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. And they got a, 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 just so that it's inclusive, they got a homosexual uh, deal going on in that movie. Now, I haven't watched it. I'm not going to watch it because I'm telling you, I'm just not going to be part of that movement. Your kids are being inundated. They're, they're after your children. How about you offsetting that with God? Showing, showing them a better way. Amen? And God will help your home. He'll save your home. Look, the whole thing may be going to hell in a handbag, but I don't want you to. You follow the word of God. You do the right thing, and God will save you as a jewel out of the midst of this whole thing. He'll save you, and he'll help you, and he'll bring forth children that will want to do the right thing too. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for the word of God, the words of God, the general teaching on the home. We pray that there be homes in, in Gospel Baptists that believe the Bible. They simply believe the Bible. They want to do the right thing. They want to raise their kids in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. They want to be an example. Nobody, nobody's perfect. Everybody has clay feet. Everybody will struggle. The righteous falls seven times and rises up again. There's no perfect parent. There's no perfect children. But we judge each other with mercy, tempered with love and truth. And we and we love each other. And we encourage each other in a way. Father, we pray that you'd raise up some solid homes here to gospel. I pray that you would cause these folks to realize what the battle's about, what's really going on around them. And that, Father, they would make a covenant of salt with you. They're going to stand, having done all this stand. Stand, therefore, having all those things listed in that passage of Ephesians. Father, help us tonight. We need grandparents that will say these things to their kids and to their kids' kids. We need grandparents who will raise the names of their grandchildren up in prayer daily. The best thing you can do for your children is to pray for them once they're out of the house, is to live a consistent Christian life. 
is to keep Jesus first. Is to call out the name of your grandchildren that they could be saved. Father, help us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about Jesus and the subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.